All right, I will say good morning. Let us begin. We have an incredible daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Pevav. Begin by thanking our sponsors, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Av. Um, I'm sorry, for the month of Tammuz. Adam and Yudit Ben Zev, in honor of their children, Jake, Serena, and Rosie. Our day of learning, Sarah Rubinstein, in loving memory of her husband, Hai, Chaim Ben Reb Shmuel Moshe, beloved husband, father, and grandfather. And our Dafyomi sponsors, the Plunka family, in commemoration of the yard site of Chaya Masha Bas Shlomo Zichron Levracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. Is it working all right? Okay, thank you. But so with that, let us begin. So today's daf, Pevav, begins the sugya of tshuva in Meseches Yuma. In fact, what we're going to see over the next two days, much of what we're going to see over the next days, really comprises the bulk of rabbinic literature on the topic of tshuva, which is incredibly exciting. You know, Meseches Yuma has been devoted to, to Yom Kippur. And of course, when we think about Yom Kippur, our association, of course, is most with tshuva, from the Talmudic perspective, the focus of Yom Kippur is the avoda of Yom Kippur. So now we'll really get an opportunity to delve into the mechanics of tshuva, to the, to the, just the beauty of tshuva. And you're going to see so many of the things that we're going to see over the next really primarily two, really three blot, two blot, are concepts that inevitably we've seen over the years. But now we'll have a real opportunity to mamish delve into it. So we'll say, so we're picking up on Peheya Bay's 85B. We're picking up, let's pick up with the, with the two dots, Misa V'yom Kippur Mechaper So this is really the beginning of the Sugya of Tshuva. So the Mishnah read that Misa, death, together with Yom Kippur, together with Yom Kippur, I should say, death and Yom Kippur, have the ability to atone when combined with Yom Kippur, with, when combined with Tshuva. So says the Gemara, Ima Tshuva in Bifnei Atzman lo. So I don't understand. Death and Yom Kippur have the ability to atone with Tshuva, but without Tshuva, they don't have the ability to do so. So the Gemara goes around. So what it sounds like over here is that Yom Kippur by itself is not powerful enough to atone. It's only Yom Kippur when combined with Tshuva and Misa that has the ability to atone. But the Gemara says, name of the local Rebbe. We'll say the Gemara says, what about the position of Rebbe? Now this position of Rebbe is perhaps one of the most enigmatic, hotly debated positions on the topic of Yom Kippur, we're actually going to see Rabbi Amir Sashem in tomorrow's daf again. But what does Rabbi say? Disanya. Rabbi Omer, When it comes to any Averis, whether you did Tshuva or you didn't do Tshuva, Yom Kippur Mechaper. Yom Kippur has the ability to atone for any Avera, with the exception of Chutz, me Porek all Rashi points out to Ver Porek all is Koferbach Kodesh Baruchu, one who denies the existence of the Ribbon Shalom, Umegale Panim Batora. That was actually a very profound one. Thank you. Megale Panim Batora Rashi says, Doresh Esatora Lignai. A person who goes ahead and is disparaging when it comes to words of Torah. He darshins, he explains or extrapolates Torah. In a denigrating fashion. So the Gemara says, And someone who denies the bris of Avram Avinu. Now the Marashat comments on this says, What does it mean he denies the bris of Avram Avinu? Either it means that he does not get circumcised, or it means that he tries to hide his circumcision. In all of these cases, of which means someone who denies the existence of the Ribbon HaShalom, one who goes ahead and is disparaging when it comes to words of Torah, and one who denies bris. Again, either one of those two interpretations, that a person who commits these averis, if such a person did tshuva, Yom Kippur is mechaper. But if a person did not do tshuva, in Yom Kippur Mechaber. In Yom Kippur is not Mechaber. Now we'll say, what's the whole point of this discussion? This is the famous position of Rebbe. I know you're thinking this. Ah, oh, the famous position of Rebbe. Right? You'll, you'll recognize it when I term it in this way. Rebbe holds, Itzumo Shal Yom Mechaber. Rebbe holds that the essence of Yom Kippur itself is Mechaber. According to Rebbe, Rebbe say, according to Rebbe, even if you sleep through an entire Yom Kippur, you decide, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call in sick today. Right? I'm not going to show, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to stay in bed. I'm going to go, I'll fast, I'll fast, because that is the essence of Yom Kippur. I'm going to fast, but I'm not doing anything. Rebbe holds that Yom Kippur is Mechaper. 
He holds that Yom Kippur works. It works. It atones for every single Aveira, with the exception of these three. Porikol, Megale Panabatora, Mefer Briso Shavim Aveira, Mefer Bris. So you see from here that Yom Kippur has the ability to atone without anything else. Okay, for three severe Averos, you'll require Tshuva also. But for every other Avera, so for 99% of Averos, Yom Kippur itself atones even if you don't do Tshuva. Well, how does that stem with the Mishnah? Because the Mishnah said that Misa and Yom Kippur, together with Tshuva, atone. Yet Rebbe holds... Yom Kippur by itself atones. So what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says a very, a very profound idea. The Gemara says, Afilu tema Rebbe. The Mishnah could even reflect the view of Rebbe. How so? Tshuva baya Yom Kippurim. Yom Kippurim lo baya tshuva. What the Mishnah is saying is like this. What the Mishnah is saying is that tshuva doesn't work by itself. Tshuva by itself cannot have a complete cleansing cathartic effect. Tshuva requires Yom Kippur. But Yom Kippur doesn't require tshuva. So in Rebbe's view, Yom Kippur by itself has the ability to atone, right? In totality, in totality, with the exception of these three chamuros, these three significant or severe averos. But tshuva by itself does not atone. Tshuva by itself requires something else. Whether the something else is Yom Kippur, whether the something else is Misa, will ultimately, as you saw in the Mishnah, will ultimately depend on the nature of the Avera as well. So we'll say we're going to see in Pei in tomorrow's daf, we'll discuss in greater depth this idea of Rebbe. Because this notion of Itzumo Shoyom Mechaper, like the Rambam struggles with this idea a lot. Because in general, although Yom Kippur, we believe in the ability of Yom Kippur to cleanse by itself, even if nothing else occurs, the notion that Yom Kippur could totally wipe the slate clean, even if a person does nothing, seems to, seems to be just profoundly antithetical to the Jewish notion of change and to the Jewish notion of tshuva. Because if there's something that tshuva requires, it's what? It's what? Right? Action. It's right. Change. It requires something. It requires something. So the notion of itzumo shoyom mechaper, that Yom Kippur is so powerful that the day itself could cleanse you even if you do nothing, is going to be hotly contested. We'll see Rebbe again in Meretz Hashem tomorrow. Good. So the Mishnah went weiter. Tshuva mechaperes alaveros kalos alaseva alosase. So we'll see, remember again, the Mishnah said that tshuva has the ability to be mechaper. Now I will say, what I do want to point out is something fascinating. This is not uncommon, but I just want to say the way this is structured is that we're talking about tshuva. Tshuva, 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 tshuva. What tshuva does, what tshuva accomplishes when you need tshuva. Interestingly enough, missing from this conversation is the definition of tshuva. So I'm just pointing out coming attractions. We're going to see it. And by the way, we could go, I'm, I'm, the reason that we're starting a little bit earlier and we can move a little bit slower, as you'll know, I'm sure you've noticed already, the last daf of the Masechta, Peiches, which is Thursday's daf, is only in Ahmed Aleph. It's only in Ahmed Aleph. So we really have the opportunity here to really sink our teeth into these sugyas and to really appreciate them. So we'll get to a working definition of tshuva as well. Right now, we're just going to call tshuva, tshuva. Tshuva mecha peres say. Just as one, one more thing, the the you know we often translate right the English word for for tshuva is often what repentance incredibly helpful right incredibly helpful right so so what what is, repentance by the way seems to more zero in on the notion of vidui right so, which is part of tshuva not the totality of tshuva Soloveitchik points out in his tshuva drushes that the word tshuva very simply means to return to return that the idea of tshuva is a return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's actually really two things. It's a return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it's a return to the self. Because in Yiddishkeit, in Yiddishkeit, we believe that every person is inherently pure, and every person is inherently good. So by definition, I don't have to try to become good, I just have to rediscover my initial good. The good was there, just sometimes in life I compromise. The tshuva is this return. Tshuva mechaperas, for we'll call it minor infractions, Averos Kalos, the violation of positive commandments, and the violation of prohibitions. So the Gemara says, okay, we'll say, now obviously, if Tshuva is Mechaper, if you're going to tell me that Tshuva is Mechaper on a Losase, on a prohibition, 
then of course it goes ahead and is in, is in, is mechaper for a violation of a positive commandment. As I will say, if you're going to tell me that, let's say, tshuva is mechaper, I, I eat, I eat something not kosher. He's going to tell me, okay, tshuva is mechaper for the violation of eating not kosher. If that's true, then tshuva is certainly, is certainly mechaper for violation of an assay. For example, I didn't put on tefillin. Right? The mitzvah to put on tefillin is a mitzvah's assay. It's a positive commandment. If I go and I chas don't put on tefillin, I am in violation of an assay. I fail to perform an assay. So once you tell me that tshuva is mechaper for a low assay, then what? Then what? It goes without saying that it's mechaper for an assay. So what's going on over here? I'm ready. Who do I'm ready? I'm ready. I'm No, no. Al assay, the alos assay, shenitak la assay. No, no, no. So it comes on Rabbi Huda and says, no, what the Mishnah meant to say is like this. Tshuva atones for an assay, positive commandment, and for an assay, or a low assay, shenitak la'asay. But we'll say, what's a, lo, what's a lav shenitak la'asay? It's a prohibition remedied by the performance of a positive commandment. The paradigmatic example of this is, is theft. Stealing, right? What's the halacha? You're not allowed to steal. And if you steal, what's the halacha? Return the item you stole. So here you have a prohibition, don't steal, but it's nitak lase. If you if you chas shalom violated it, it is remedied by the performance of a positive commandment, i.e. return the lost item, or return the stolen item. Excuse me. So Yehuda says, what the Mishnah means to read is like this. The Mishnah means to say, the Mishnah means to say, that halacha lase tshuva's mechaper for an assay, and alav hanitak lase, and a prohibition Remedied by a positive commandment. Interestingly enough, we'll say, what do you infer from this? But shuvah by itself is not mechaper for a regular lav. Right? That if you violate a regular lav, apparently shuvah by itself is not enough. Now, what does it mean shuvah by itself is not enough? It sounds like, what else will you need? What else will you need? Yom Kippur, possibly. Depending on the severity of the lav, maybe chas shalom yisurin, suffering. And depending on the severity of the lav, maybe chas shalom misa. But shuvah by itself will not work for a lav. For, for a lav. So the Gemara says, or minu. kalos. But when the Mishnah says that shuvah is mechaper al averos kalos. Light averos. Light averos. Less severe averos. What are examples of less severe averos? Asei The example would be a positive commandment a prohibition, top of Pevav, Chutz Milosisa, with the exception of Losisa, I will say Losisa, the second of the Aseras Hadibros. The Torah says, Losisa, Shem Hashem Al do not take God's name in vain, because why the Bosa, the Pasuk says, Kilo Yinakya Hashem as Asher Yisa Shemal Hashem will not absolve one who takes his name in vain. See, see over here, the Brisa says explicitly that Shuva is Mechaper, for an assay and for a lo assay, with the exception of lo sisa, taking Hashem's name is in vain is so severe that shuva by itself will not be mechaper. So we'll say, see, see over here that shuva is mechaper for alav, to which the Gemara says, no, 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 lo sisa v'chol damilo. It means shuva is not mechaper for lo sisa and anything like lo sisa. What does it mean like lo sisa? Lo sisa is a complete love. So anything that is a full fledged love, shuva by itself is not mechaper for. Tashma, Rabbi Huda Omer, Kol Shumi Lo Sisa Ulamata, Chuvah Mechaperes. So Rabbi Huda says, anything that is from Lo Sisa and of less severity, Chuvah's Mechaper. Milo Sisa Ulamayla, but from Lo Sisa and above, meaning greater severity, Chuvah Tola, then what happens? Chuvah suspends. And I will say this, lush, this idea of Tola is fascinating. The Messiah Sashar Mechal brings down that Midas Hadin would require that as soon as a person commits an Avera, what should happen? What's that program? Punishment immediately. Right? That, that's it. You do the Avera, they should be punished. The, there's a Midas Harachamim where HaKadosh Baruch Hu essentially delays judgment. He delays judgment. So that's what it means when it says Tshuva Tola. So a person goes ahead, does Tshuva. Tshuva suspends the sentence. Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur comes to Mechaper. So I'll say once again, you see Losisa, you see Alav, to which the Gemara says, you're right, Losisa v'chol didamila. It means Losisa and anything like it, i.e. a full-fledged Alav. Tashma, l'fishinem ar b'chorev tshuva v'nika. So I'll say the Pasuk says, by, by Arsinai, talks about, right, talks about tshuva v'nika, right, that if you do tshuva, ultimately one is cleansed. Yochol af Losisa imohen. You might have thought, therefore, what? 
even the love of Losisa, if you took Hashem's name in vain and then you do tshuva, that you should be absolved. Hamulomar, lo yinake. The Pasik says, no, if you take Hashem's name in vain, you are not absolved. Yocho afshar chayvei lavin kein. You might have thought that this would also be the same halacha for other lavim. That maybe when it comes to all lavim, all lavim, all prohibitions, tshuva by itself is not enough. Tamad lomar es shemo. Shemo hu de'inu menake, ava menake shar chayvei lavin. But we'll say it is only losisa, which is of great severity, great severity, that tshuva by itself is not mechaber. But for other Averos, for other Lavim, Tshuva is Mechaber. So we see over here a really fundamental Machlokas about the power of Tshuva on a Lav. Here's what I know. So let's go with what I know. What is Tshuva by itself able to take care of? Number one, Asay, right? Failure to perform a positive commandment. Number two, Alav Hanitak La Asay. But the Shaila is Alav. A stam lav, which I will say, I, I would venture to say for many of us, that's like most of our averas are like that, right? A lav, a lav, not a lav punishable by misa chashon by karis, but a lav. A person speaks lashon hara. That's a lav, right? Right? Person go, right? so okay, we don't have to go through the list of averas. Right? Person goes ahead and say, but that, that, that's a lav. So shaila is, does tshuva by itself take care of a lav? To which the gemara says tenahi. In reality. This is a subject of a machlokes tanaim. The sanyo, amachuva mechaperes. What is chuva mechaper for? Alasei va'alosasei shnitaklasei. So we'll say, so number one, number one, and I say, failure to perform a positive commandment. Losasei shnitaklasei, a lave prohibition, which is remedied by the performance of a positive commandment. And I will say, what is chuva, when does, what, on, I should say, for which Averos is chuva tola? Does chuva suspend the punishment and allow Yom Kippur to come in and be mechaper? Al krisos, va'al misos beizdin, va'alosase gomer. So I will say, interestingly enough, according to this approach, if a person violated an Avera, which brings with it an Isr Kharis, right? Which are certain infractions of immorality. Or going ahead and eating on Yom Kippur. Misos Beisdin. A person went ahead and, and committed certain of prohibitions which carry with them a death penalty, right? So what's Talacha? Or on a low Sase Gomer. According to this Braisa, a love, interestingly enough, a pure love is grouped together with Kharis and Misas Beisdin. For those type of infractions, you need Shiva. And Yom Kippur. Tshuva is Tola. So Tshuva essentially goes ahead and freezes divine judgment. Says HaKadosh Baruch who's not going to judge me right now. To allow Yom Kippur to come in and finish up the absolution. Tell Yom Kippur to come in and cleanse me from the Avera. Pretty incredible, I'll say. So again, you see this Machlokis when it comes to a love. Is Tshuva by itself able to take care of a love? Or does Tshuva require Yom Kippur as well? To which the Gemara says, Amar Mar, Shenemar Bechori Vinika Minalan. So we'll say ultimately again. So remember, the Bryce has said before, since by Chorev, by, by Harsinai, by Harsinai, it said Vinika, by Losisa, it says Nake Lo Yinake, right? So how do I know that that is talking about someone who already did Tshuva? The Sanya Rabbi Lazar Omer, Ef Shalomar, Nake Shekvar Neemar Lo Yinake. You can't say that ultimately one is cleansed of this Avera because the Pasuk says he won't be cleansed. But you also can't say he's not cleansed because the Pasuk also says he is cleansed. To which the Gemara says, HaKadosh Baruch goes ahead and forgives or cleanses, absolves those who do tshuva, but he does not go ahead and absolve those who do not do tshuva. So we'll say, so we'll, we'll pause over here for just a moment. I just want to point out, so the Gemara ends off with a machlokes. Does tshuva by itself take care of a lav? The Rahman Paskins in Hilchos Tshuva, that tshuva does take care of a lav, right? Ultimately, again, tshuva, tshuva by itself has the ability to take care of an assay, 
of a lo According to the Rambam, where you need more involved, like Yom Kippur, Yisurin, suffering, Misa, we're going to get into just a moment, is when you get into more complicated Averos, like Chas Shalom, things that are Chayiv Kares, or things that are Chayiv Misa, but Stam Alav, I'll call it just a regular Lav, the Rambam Paskins, that Tshuva, sincere Tshuva, by itself, has the ability to remedy the Aver. I will say, but I'll also just point out over here something fast. Actually, let's read the next piece, and I'll tell you something interesting. Gemara says as follows. I will say, listen to this Gemara. Sha'al Rab Masya ben Kharash, es Rabbalaza ben Azariah. Rab Masya ben Kharash asked Rabbalaza ben Azariah Baromi in Rome. We'll see, you know, Rab Masya ben Kharash, Rab Masya ben Kharash is quoted in Pirkei Avas. It's actually pretty incredible. It's, it's quoted in Pirkei Avas as saying, have a maktim b'shlom koladam. Right? Go ahead and greet every person. Right? Greet every person. So the Rabbeinu Yonah says, why was the Ramasim ben I mean, it's, pretty, it's a pretty obvious thing. Why did Ramasim ben Kharash say this? Ramasim ben Kharash was, was set up the first yeshiva in Rome. The first yeshiva in Rome. So says, interestingly enough, he was one of the first like, prominent rabbinic personalities to establish a Jewish community in a Gentile country. And he understood that the most important thing for a Jew living in an alien society is to always present in the right way. To always go ahead, and we're going to see this actually in a little bit, to present with the proper midos. And something as simple as greeting people, saying good morning, acknowledging others, a massive and harash felt, is an, it's, true, it's, it's true even if you're living in a Jewish society. It's true everywhere. But Allah has come when a person is living amongst Gentile nations and a person then becomes an ambassador of the Ribbon Olam, how important it is to model proper midos. In any event, Ramasi ibn Kharash, Azar in Rome. Shamata, Shamati, Arba Chaluke Kaparsha Rabishmal Dorish. I heard that Rabishmal said that there are four. We'll call it four parts to tshuva, or four constructs of tshuva. Rabbi Elizabeth ben Azariah said, no, Amr Shloshahin is not four. There's three, uchuva im kol echad ve'echad. So there are, three, there are three constructs of atonement, right? Three constructs of atonement. And each one of them has tshuva as part of it. Rabbi said, listen to this Gemara. Here we go. Avar ala seivishav. If a person violated an assay and did tshuva, <laughs> he doesn't move from there until he attains forgiveness. Now, what, what, what does this mean? What this means is the easiest thing to achieve atonement for is the violation of an assay. Right? The person violated a positive commandment. Right? Again, I failed to put on tefillin, although failing to put on tefillin is not necessarily the best example because the Gemara, the Gemara takes that as a very severe transgression, even though it is the violation of an essay. Okay, whatever. You, you passed by a bird's nest and you didn't send away the mother. You know, you, you, you violated an essay. Sa'aloch alamaisa again. Eno zazmisham. Literally, you don't move from there until you do, right? Which means, I will say, that you have the ability to achieve instantaneous atonement for the violation of an assay. Because the Pasek says, return wayward children. The rest of the Pasek that the Gemara quotes is, Shuvu Banim Shovavim, and it says, And I will go ahead and heal you from your wounds. So it sounds instantaneous. What happens if a person violated a low sase? Person violated violated prohibition. Vasa tshuva, and he does tshuva. Tshuva tola. So once again, I will say this reflects the view that 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 for a low sase, tshuva by itself is not enough. Tshuva tola. Tshuva suspends sentencing. Yom Kippur mechaper. Yom Kippur comes along and is mechaper for the individual. Shneimar kiva yom azeh yichaper alechem mikol chatosechem. So I will say, so again, number two, you violate the losase. So what's ta'alacha? You do tshuva. Tshuva suspends sentencing, allows Yom Kippur to come in and atone. Avra al-krisos umisos bezdin. What happens if a person chas v'shalom violated kares and misas bezdin? person chas violated aveiros, they carry with them much stiffer penalties. Vasa tshuva. And a person then goes ahead and does tshuva. Tshuva. So tshuva, so tshuva and Yom Kippur have the ability to go ahead and suspend sentencing. 
V'yisurim memerakin. And we'll say, here you require suffering. Yisurim is suffering. So a person violates certain averos. So even tshuva by itself is not enough. Yom Kippur by itself is not enough. Yisurin comes along and is necessary in order to purge the person of their sin. Shneemar upakarati b'shevet pisham u'benegoim avonam. So I'll say, see, see the hierarchy over here. So number one, a person who violates an asay, tshuva by itself takes care of it. Person violates a losa asay, tshuva stola, tshuva suspends. Yom Kippur comes in and absolves. A person violates an Avera that has kares, misas, bezdin. A person, so what do you need? Tshuva and Yom Kippur are tola, suspend. But Yisurin, ultimately suffering is necessary in order to purge a person of that Avera. Ava say a person goes in Hashem. Rashi, now Rashi defines, we're going to define Chil Hashem in just a moment, but Rashi says, Chil Hashem, Chotei Umacht Yacherim. We'll say the severity of Chil Hashem, and again, we'll see examples of this. Severity of Chil Hashem is that the person himself is sinning and causes others to follow his example. That's the severity of Chil Hashem. I sin and I cause others to follow my example. Avamishi yesh Chil Hashem biyado, ein lo koach b'tshuva litlos, if there is Hashem, which is of utmost severity, listen to this. Tshuva, Yom Kippur, Yisurin, all three of those are necessary to be tola. They suspend judgment or suspend punishment. The only thing which truly cleanses one of the chait of Chil Hashem is death. Is death. Death is the cleansing process for the individual. So this is the multi-part construct of tshuva. Violate an asay, tshuva takes care of it immediately. Violate a losasay, tshuva is tola, Yom Kippur is mechaper. Violate chas shalom misos based in krisos tshuva yom kippur tolin yisurin yisurin cleanses person chas shalom violates chil hashem tshuva yom kippur yisurin tolin and ultimately only misa which has the ability to fully cleanse one of the sin. But I'll say just before we go on with this, there, there's two fascinating I think I think insights that come from this. Number one, what do you see from this gemara? You see from this Gemara that not every mistake in life could be immediately rectified. You know, say sometimes in life we make mistakes. All the time in life we make mistakes, right? And then what happens when I want to correct the mistake? Okay, I'm like, I'm ready. Let's, let, let's fix this and let's move on. So what the Gemara is saying is there are some mistakes that you could immediately rectify. There are certain things where with a change of heart, you could go ahead, course correct, and you're back on track. And then there are many other things which require process. Well, so you know what? This comes up all the time in human relationships, right? It could happen. It could happen that maybe you say something you're not supposed to to your wife. For argument's sake, it could happen. It could happen. And then you realize, wow, I am so foolish. So what do you do? You go and you apologize and a heartfelt apology. And then much to your shock, your wife hasn't fully forgiven you. And then you become the offended party. Oh, that was, did, you, did you hear that apology? Did you hear that? That was the most sincere thing that has happened in this world since Sheshis And now you're such an achzer that you don't forgive me? What? Such a chutzpah. Now you have to do tshuva. Now I'm owed forgiveness. Okay, it's okay. I'm a forgiving individual. Come on, bring it. Right there, I'm fine. I say, you know, say sometimes you hurt someone. You hurt someone. Just because you flipped the switch and you decided to recognize that I did something wrong so now I want to apologize doesn't mean that you could just take away the hurt immediately. Sometimes it takes time to repair relationships. It's true with other people and it's also true at the Rebama Shalom that sometimes I do things like you violate and I say, okay, we can get right back on track. But other times I will say, you know, the, the, the severity of hate, the severity of hate is the trauma that it brings to my relationship with Hashem. So what the Gemara is saying is that sometimes 
there's, so, there's, there's not really any trauma, so I could just get right back on track. But sometimes there's so much trauma in the relationship that it's going to take some time. It's just going to take some time for me to repair it. These are the different steps. There are certain Averos that you could say you're sorry, you're back on track, but there are certain Averos that represent such relationship trauma that it's going to go ahead and take time to rehabilitate the relationship. We often like to think that things that we break, we can fix instantaneously. But that's often not the case. Some things you can, but very often the more severe the breakage, the more time it's going to take in order to heal the wounds. It's such a profound idea. So Gemara says, Hechi Danichel Hashem. I will say now the Gemara is kind of veering off a little bit because now, obviously in this, in this Tshuva construct, the most severe thing that the Gemara mentioned was Chil Hashem. So the Gemara says, so what is Chil Hashem? Right? We, what, what is Chil Hashem? So listen to this. Amarav, Amarav Kigon Ana. Rav says, I'll give you an example of Chil Hashem. For someone like me, if I were to take meat from the butcher and not pay him immediately. So Rav says, that's an example of Chol Hashem. If I were to take meat from the butcher and not pay him immediately. Rashi says over here, look at Rashi. Rashi says, So what's going to happen, Rav says, if I don't pay the butcher... The butcher is going to say, ah, Rav, that rabbi, right? Such a goslin, such a thief. And if Rav could be a goslin, the butcher is going to say, I could be a goslin as Rav. I'll say, that's what Rashi said before. What's the definition of Chil Hashem? What's the definition? Remember this, what? Number one, Chote. Number two, Machti Yisarabim, right? Ultimately, Machti Achirim, I should say. That the whole issue of Chil Hashem is I'm doing something wrong and, and I'm going to cause others to do something wrong as well. So Rav says, if I don't pay the butcher immediately, if I don't pay the butcher immediately, the butcher is going to say, I'm a gazlon, and he's going to learn from me to be a gazlon as well. Omar Abaye, Abaye says, but one second, That's only true if you're living in a place where the butcher, literally again, where the butcher doesn't come collecting. Some places, it was very common to buy on credit. So okay, if you buy on credit, that, that's fine. That, it was understood at the end of the month, the butcher comes along and collects, you know, collects outstanding balances. So it's only a chil Hashem if it's common to pay for your purchase when ultimately you make it. Am Ravina, Ravina said, Ravina said, by the way, the place of Masa was a place where it was common to buy on credit and the butcher would come to collect at the end of the month. Abaye, so let's listen to this, Abaye. So I just want to point out, according to this approach, what Rav, it's interesting, that when Rav says, what's an example of Chil Hashem, you see from your son fasting when it comes to Chil Hashem, which is that Chil Hashem is also subjective. What it means is it depends who you are, right? And what's happening around you. So Rav says, for someone like me to go ahead and buy, buy meat on credit would potentially be a Chil Hashem. Because others may extrapolate from my behavior that perhaps I'm not paying for something and may learn in turn. So it's interesting. So obviously there are some objective forms of Chil Hashem, like the, like the, like the violation of an Avera in public, but even more nuanced things can be an issue of Chil Hashem as well. So Abayi says, Amra Abayi, sorry, Amra Avino, uh, no, Amra Abayi, Abayi, Kiddushak al-Bisra, let's listen to this. Abayi, when he would buy meat, Kiddushak al-Bisra, Mitresh Shortvi, Yohev Zuzalahai, Vezuzalahai, Vahadim Akariv Luhu Gabi Hadadi, Vahavit Khushpina. The boss said, this is very profound. Abayi, when he would go ahead and buy meat from two partners. So in other words, let's say he was buying meat from two partners. Let's say, what would Abaye do? Is incredible. He would pay full price to both partners. Then he would bring both partners together and settle up. Say, guys, I, I, I overpaid you. Refund part of the money. We'll say, why did he do this? Because remember, presumably when you're buying meat, both partners aren't present. One's going to see that Abaye took the meat. They may be choshesh, that chas v'shalom. He didn't pay for the meat. So what he would do is he would double pay. Now chas v'shalom, don't be choshesh, that he overpaid. He's Jewish, right? He didn't overpay, but rather he just double paid up front to avoid any chasshom appearance of taking something that's not his. Then they would bring the partners together and settle up. Rabbi Yochanan Amr, Rabbi Yochanan said, Kigon Anna, I'll give an example of, of Chil Hashem. Rabbi Yochanan says, for someone like me, if I were to walk Dalad Amis without learning and without wearing tefillin, that would be Chil Hashem. 
So how we should be on that level? Look at Rashi. Listen to this. Rabbi Yochanan said, you know, if people see me walking in the street without my tillin, or walking in the street and not learning, so they don't know that I was wearing my tillin the whole day, or I was learning the whole day. But the only thing they see is right now, I'm bottle. Right now, I'm not doing anything. And they're going to learn from me that, hey, if Rabbi Yochanan is bottle, I could be bottle, right? I, I, could, I could also go ahead and waste my time as well. So isn't this incredibly profound? Right? Rabbi Yochanan said, therefore, I always have to walk around with my, with my tefillin and always learning so that no one should ever think that they could learn from me that you could be Yoshevul bottle, that you could be doing nothing. Pretty incredible. Yitzchak Tebe Rabbi Yanei Amar, any time that one's friends are embarrassed about what they say, if my friends are embarrassed about what people say about me, that's Chil Hashem. That's Chil Hashem. So if I live a life where people are talking about me in disparaging terms, that's called, then I am making a Chil Hashem. Which I will say, such an incredibly profound yisod. Because what Yitzchak Tibi Rabbiana is saying is, sometimes a person says, I don't care what people think about me. I don't care what people say about me. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter. We're going to see why it matters in just a little bit. And that if, if there are not nice things being said about, I don't mean like slander. You know, unfortunately, people often have not nice things being said about them. But at Lamais, again, if I'm living life in such a way where people speak negatively about me, then unfortunately, again, I have become a Chol Hashem as well. We'll say, if I live the type of life where people say about my actions, I, God should forgive him. That's a Chol Hashem. That's a Chol Hashem. So we'll say, so what's interesting about this is as follows. The common denominator amongst all these examples that are given is... They're all subjective, which is really quite fascinating. So essentially, we're going to see th- th- this. We're going to see that really what Chil Hashem means is, I, well, you, you, I can't do anything that ultimately, again, has the appearance of chait and could cause other people to go ahead and follow in my sinful footsteps or Chas Shalom has the appearance that I am engaged in wrongdoing. Now, you're going to see this next sugya clarifies Rebbe said, this is one of the most beautiful Gemaras. Beautiful Gemaras. Listen to this. Abay Amar. Rebbe saying, it's worth it a whole shas. A whole shas is worth it for the next five lines. Kedisanya. Rebbe said, listen to this. Abay says, let me explain to you why Chil Hashem is so severe. You shall love Hashem, your God. And Rebbe said, you know that the most, what's the kasha on this Pasuk? That you have to love Hashem. What's the kasha? What's the kasha? How can you legislate emotion? You can legislate behaviors. You cannot legislate emotion. You cannot go ahead and command someone to love you. So what's the pshat? I will say the Gemara says, you're right, it means something else. What does it mean? What it means, I will say, is my job in this world is to make Hashem beloved through my actions. What Abayi is saying is, each and every one of us is an ambassador of the Ribbono Shalom. And my entire tachlis achai, my entire purpose of life as the ambassador of God is to make the Ribbono Shalom beloved in the eyes of others through my actions, through the way I live my life. How do I do that? We'll say, listen to this. We'll say, this Gemara is the recipe for life success. Sheikora. Vishona. Number one, you have to learn. You have to learn. Korah is Chomish. Shona is Mishnah. If you don't learn, you don't know what to do in life. Without learning, a person is lost. It's like, right, without Torah, I'm like a ship without a compass. Right? I might be going somewhere, I just don't know where I'm going or if it's where I need to go. Snap number one in life, a person has to learn. Next, Mishamish Tamidi Chachamim, which literally means you have to serve Tamidi Chachamim, which also means what? You have to have role models. Every single one of us has to have a role model, right? Has to have, depending on where you are, either a Rebbe or a Revi, right? The person has to have, has to have a role model, has to have a person in their life who they look to, they look up to, they ask their Shilas to, guidance from, right? And again, we'll say, by the way, I also point out, 
Love dafka, the person even has to be a quote-unquote Rebbe or a Rebbe. But, but a, per, a person has to have someone who they feel embodies the midos, embodies the qualities, embodies the character traits, has the life experience to help guide no one of us. No one of us has the ability to navigate through life by ourselves. We often think we have the answers, but we don't. We don't. No one has all of the answers. But the difference is that if I find a Rebbe who I think, who I believe is wise with Chachmas HaTorah, then perhaps he'll have insight for me that I may not have for myself. So I have to learn. I have to have a Rebbe. I have to have someone. I have to go ahead and we'll say, it's interesting. It's not enough just to learn from that person. You have to spend time with that person. Because often we know, those of us who have Rebbeim know that you learn so much from being with your Rebbe, not just learning from your Rebbe, not just, not just the Torah you learn from him, but when you observe him in life, you see so much as well. But say, get ready for this. I want to point out the Bach, the Bach makes a very important change over here. If you look in the Bach, I think uh, mostly maybe the Bach is on the right-hand margin. Do you have it there? Yeah, so if you look in the Bach, Os Gimel, the Bach changes. He says, So we'll say, next step is, you have to be honest in business. Person has to be honest in business. And a person has to be soft-spoken with people. Talk nicely. Talk nicely with people. So this is the multi, multi-part step to becoming an ambassador to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Step one, learn Chumash. Step two, learn Gemara. Step three, get a Rebbe and learn from him as well. Step four, be honest in business. Step five, speak nicely. Speak nicely. I will say, you know, isn't it incredible? So often in life, we think life is so complicated, right? And we think, again, finding the Darach Hashem is so complicated. And we think that ultimately actualizing our inner goodness is so complicated. Here the Gemara says, I have a simple life mission to be an ambassador of the Ribbon Shalom. Love Hashem, which means, Allow the Ribbon Shalom to become beloved through you, through how you live your life. So how do you become an ambassador of God? Five easy steps to becoming an ambassador of God. Learn Chumash, learn Gemara, get a Rebbe, be honest in business, speak nicely. That's how you become an ambassador of the Ribbon Shalom. And if a person has these qualities, right? Maha Brios Omros Halav, they'll say, what will people say about you if you embody these qualities? Ashrei Aviv Shalom Du Torah. Praiseworthy is the father of this man who taught him Torah. Ashrei Rabo Shalom Du Torah. Praiseworthy is the Rebbe of this person who taught him Torah. Oy Lahem Lebrio Shalom Du Torah. Woe to people who don't have Torah. Because they'll say, if I embody these qualities and people associate these qualities with Torah, then people say, wow, life is so deficient if you don't have Torah. Woe to people who don't have Torah. Ploni shalom du Torah kama noim drachev. Look at this guy who learns Torah. Look how nice, kama noim. Look how pleasant his ways are. Kama mitukanim masav. Look how in order his actions are. I love Hakasov Omer about such a person. The pasuk says, "Vayomer li avdi ati Yisrael asher becha espaer." Kadosh Baruch Hu says, "I become glorified." We will say, "This is what it means to be an ambassador of the Ribbono Shel Olam." That anywhere I go, I become, I'm the ambassador of God. And the goal of being the ambassador, we'll say, what's the chap of an ambassador? You want to go ahead and represent your home country positively. Anywhere and everywhere I go, I am an ambassador of the Yibam We'll say, and this is Allah has come of a come true. A person wearing a yarmulke, everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you are an ambassador of Kaddish Baruch Hu. We'll say, I'll tell you something amazing. You know, we just, we were, we were we spent a, a few days in Florida. And uh, last Sunday, my wife and I went down to, uh, to Surfside to volunteer for the relief efforts in the shul in Bell Harbor. And uh, we went by the, by the site of, of the building there to just dive in a little bit. And as we're, as we're walking back, you know, it was, it was police officers everywhere. And one of the police officers said, said to me, she said, I, said, I said, thank you. She said, I'm so sorry for your loss. So I'm so sorry for your loss. 
And it was, it was such an amazing thing. Here I am, I, 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 don't, I don't live here. I don't live here. Like, but what was the amazing part is, you see, we don't realize it. Well, maybe we do realize it. That when the world sees us, when the world sees us, so what they see is every Jew is an ambassador of HaKadosh Baruch and every Jew is, all of Kalal Yisrael is together. Which means the way we conduct ourselves is reflective not just on us, but it's reflective ultimately again on the clown, and it's reflective ultimately again on the Rebbe Shalom. I will say, it, it creates such a need for such acute awareness. Let's say even things the way we drive. You can't be an aggressive driver. Can't be an aggressive driver. Because if you cut someone off after, I'm saying this after just being cut off by someone with a yarmulke, remain nameless, who I happen to know as well, and who avoided eye contact with me after he cut me off. Hey, let's say, so, it wasn't anyone in the shear. It wasn't anyone in the shear. Let's say, so, so, so it, it's, it's, it's everything. It's everything. Because if you're an aggressive driver and you cut someone off, do you know, do you know what happens to the person in the car? Jews. Jews. Right, that, that, that's what it, and again, it's ridiculous, it, does, it doesn't make any sense, but that's how, that, that's how it works. Anything and everything we do is a reflection on our people, and is a reflection on our God. So, I am the ambassador of the Ribbon Shalom. So there are five steps in the ambassadorship program. Five steps. Learn Chumash, learn Mishnah, get a Rebbe, be honest in business, speak nicely. But at the end of the day, then I have to spend the rest of my life conducting myself in a way that I'm worthy of that ambassadorship, that I'm reflecting positively on the mother country, on the home country. Incredible. But what says into this? But someone who learns a lot, someone who learns a lot, and ultimately, again, he doesn't conduct himself honestly in business. And he doesn't speak nicely with people. But say, what do people say about such an individual? Really? That's what Torah gets you? This person, this person learns, they daven, right? And yet what? They're not honest in business? Or they don't talk nicely? They don't talk nicely? Woe to the father who taught this kid Torah. Woe to the Rebbe who taught this guy Torah. Ploni Shalama Torah. This person learned Torah, yet look how, look how mekulka, look how messed up his actions are. Look how disgusting his pathways are. An incredible, incredible Gemara. That a person could learn. A person learned a lot of Chumash, a person learned a lot of Mishnah. But at the end of the day, if you're dishonest in business, or a person doesn't speak nicely, a person doesn't conduct themselves, then ultimately, again, a person says, all of that Torah, for what? For what? What does Torah get you if you can't be a mensch? What does Torah get you if you can't be honest? What does Torah do for you if you can't just be a good person? Such an incredible use. Absolutely incredible. So the Gemara goes later. Back to Tshuva. So we'll say, the reason, why, why, why am I bringing this up? Why is this Gemara here? Because this comes on the heels of Chil Hashem. Now you understand why Chil Hashem is so severe. Because we'll say, what does Chil Hashem really represent? What does it represent? It, it represents a profound shirking of my ambassador responsibilities, right? Meaning, making a Chil Hashem is the antithesis of V'yahavtas Hashem Lokecha. V'yahavtas Hashem Lokecha means I have to make Hashem beloved through my actions. And Chil Hashem is I am disparaging Hashem through my actions. Now I understand the severity of Chil Hashem. Let's say, we always speak about the severity of Chil Hashem. Why is Chil Hashem so severe? Because Chil Hashem goes against my fundamental life mission. What is my life mission? What is my life mission? My core life mission is to make the Rebono Shal Olam beloved in the eyes of the world through my actions. When I chas Shalom engage in Chalol Hashem, that's the antithesis of that. Good. Slimar goes weiter. These are just magnificent Gemaras. Gedolot Shuva Shemavir Rafu Ali Olam. We'll say tshuva brings healing to the world. 
Shenemar Erpa Mishuvasam Avem Nidava. Ultimately, again, because literally the Pasik says, Erpa Mishuvasam, I will go ahead and heal them from their waywardness. So you see, Chuva brings before Chuva say tells you something amazing. So what is chait? What is chait? Chait is holy. When a person sins, there's a spiritual sickness. There's an illness. There's a malady that's there. Chait ultimately again in, in, introduces phys, spiritual illness, and Chuva is the remedy. One pasuk says, "Shuvu banim shovavim, return wayward sons." In the, beginning, in the beginning, it says that they are shovavim, right? Ultimately, again, I will say, so what it means is, at the, it calls them banim shovavim. So I will say, which, which ultimately means that, that once a person does tshuva, so tshuva says, essentially, is that hate, it was just an act of foolishness. Right? So just an act of foolishness. It wasn't a real rebellion, just an act of foolishness. Uksiv erpa But then it says, you will be healed from your illness. So it calls so it calls hate an illness. So I will say when a person is healed from an illness, sometimes there are residual effects of the illness that remain. So one pasuk seems to indicate that when you do tshuva, the hate is written off just as an act of foolishness. Other pasuk treats it like illness, which indicates that there are some residual effects that may be left even after tshuva. So which one is it? Lokasha kan ava kamiira. One is talking about tshuva done from ava from love. And one is talking about tshuva done from yira, from fear. And I will say the topic of tshuva me'ava, tshuva me'ira is quite a profound one. And many different definitions. We'll just go. My goal with these gemaras is just to give you pshat. Although there is so many more levels. But I will say on a pshat level, tshuva me'ira means a tshuva that is motivated at a fear of punishment. Every hate generates an onesh, a punishment. I don't want the onesh. So tshuva me'ira means I am fearful of the, of the punishment and I'm doing tshuva to avoid the punishment. Tshuva me'ava means I have a profound love and longing to for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I recognize that actually the greatest fallout from sin is the separation or the distance it creates between me and my father, my creator. Tshuva me'ava means I love HaKadosh Baruch Hu so much I yearn to bridge that chasm, I yearn to bridge that gap. And so I want to come back, not out of a fear of punishment, but out of a love for my father. So the Gemara says, Tshuva me'ava, Tshuva me'ira, both work, but they accomplish different things. Rabbi Yudra Miksiv, Shuvu banu Shuvu Har Meshuvu Sechem. One Pasik says, Return away with children. I will heal you from your waywardness. Uksiv, Hini anochi ba'alti ba'chem v'lakakti eschem, echem yirshlam mishpacha. Shavu says, So one Pasik seems to indicate that after tshuva, we're considered like banim, children. And one pasuk seems to indicate that we're considered like servants. So which one is it? After tshuva, we like children or servants. Lokasha, kan me'avo yira, kan surin. But say, if we do tshuva, me'avo or me'ira, either from ava yira, we become like children. But if we do tshuva only as a result of suffering, in other words, if we suffer as a result of our sins and then do tshuva, then we are like servants. I'm Rabbi Levi. Gidolu tshuva, shemagas at kisya kavod. Tshuva is great, Rabbi say that tshuva reaches the entire kisya kavod. Tshuva reaches directly to our Rabbi say I mentioned this, I, I, think, I think a little while ago, you know, in the, in the slichos, we have that last paragraph of machnisei rachamim. Right, beautiful paragraph. We speak about to the malachim, to the malachim, right? Those who bring in the supplications, bring my tefilos before Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The Talmidei Agra, the Vilna Gaon, Ruchai Malachner, omitted this paragraph. They took it out of Slichas. They felt it did not belong. It crept in there erroneously. Why? Because I don't need angels to deliver my tefilos. I don't need it. It's not necessary. My tefillos have the ability to get to HaKadosh Baruch Hu all on their own. That's the Gemara of here. Tshuva is great. Shemagas al Kisya Kavit. I don't need intermediaries. I don't need Malachim. Shneemar. Shuva Yisrael. Ada Shemalokecha. Because the Pazik says, Yisrael, come back. Ada Shemalokecha. Come back to Hashem. Literally, I have the ability through my tshuva to reach Ada Shemalokecha. Ah, oh, Amadeus. There is no Amadeus. Right? So here we go. Amr Rabbi Yochanan. Now, like I said, don't, don't worry. We are right on track. This is, this is all well thought out. Right? Right on track. The last half is only in Ahmed Aleph. So, Amr Rabbi Yochan, Gedolot Shuvah, Shedoch Alosah Seh Shabbat Torah. Listen to this. 
Tshuva is great in that Tshuva has the ability to be dochalosas. It has the ability to go ahead and set aside a prohibition. Shene Amar, as the Pasik says, Lemar hein yishalach ish es ishto, v'halcha meito v'haisal ish acher, hayoshu ve'elea od halochanov techanei fa'aretz ahi, v'at zanisari imra'abim v'shuv elein o'ma Hashem. Bosei, now what's the love? The love, the Yomar is quoting over here a Pasik from Navi. So what's the love? So we'll say there is a lot. The law says like this. If a man goes in and divorces his wife, couple gets divorced, and then a woman marries someone else, husband number two, and then that marriage doesn't work out. She divorces husband number two. And she decides that she wants to come back to husband number one. You're not allowed to do that. That's an Isidar Isa. Right now, Isidar Isa. Yet amazingly enough, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does that with us. Klavisa, we divorce ourselves from Hashem. We go and we follow other things. We marry someone, something else. That relationship doesn't work out. Now we want to come back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and amazingly enough, what happens? The Rebbe Shalom takes us back. He ta- I will say, isn't that incredible? So Tshuva is so great that it even has the ability to be Docha Lo The Torah says you cannot remarry your, your ex-wife after she marries someone else, but yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu does so. Incredible. Amr Rabbi Yonasan. Tshuva, just incredible. Shemikareves Asagu'ula. Tshuva is great, because it brings the Geula closer. I will say, once again, the Bach changes this. I'm sorry, the Mesora Sashas changes this on the left-hand margin. Bialkut Isa Shemevia. No, 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 no. Tshuva doesn't bring the Geula closer. Rather, what does it do? Tshuva brings Geula. Tshuva brings Geula. But I say, if at the end of the day, if at the end of the day the world would do Tshuva, then again, ultimately, Geula would come. Geula would come. Why does the Redeemer come to Tzion? Because Yaakov does Tshuva. We'll say, absolutely incredible. Here we go, we'll say. Gidola Tshuva, Shezedonos Nasas Lokishkagas. We'll say, listen to this, Kimara. Tshuva is great because one's intentional Averos become like unintentional Averos. We'll say, if I committed an Avera intentionally, and then I did Tshuva, my Tshuva has the ability to transform my intentional Averos into unintentional Averos. Intentional Averos into Shkagos. Shnei Amar, Shuva Yisrael Ad Hashem Elokecha, Ki Kashalta Ba'avonecha. Return Yisrael to Hashem, for you have stumbled over your Avon. Now, Avon is Mezitu, Yet it says stumbling. Stumbling means an accident. So you see from here that with Tshuva, we have the ability to transform intentional Averos into unintentional Averos. Ini, is that so? From Reish Lakish says that Tshuva is so powerful. Listen to this. Listen to this. Tshuva is so powerful that you could transform your intentional Averos into mitzvos. What? You could transform... Your intentional Averos into Mitzvah. Shinamar, Obishuv, Rasha, Merishaso, Vaasa, Mishpar, Utstak, Alem, Chaya, or Yechia. So I will say, so which one is it? Which one is it? Does Tshuva have the ability to transform Averos into, right, intentional Averos into unintentional Averos? Or does Tshuva have the ability to transform Averos into Mitzvahs? Lokasha, Kan Me'ava, Kan Me'ira. say, isn't this absolutely incredible? Two different types of tshuva. Tshuva meira. If a person does tshuva out of a fear, fear of what? Fear of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, fear of punishment. That tshuva is only so powerful. That tshuva has the ability to transform intentional averos into unintentional averos. That could transform a mezid into a shogeg. But tshuva meavar say. again on a basic level, tshuva meavar means a tshuva that is motivated not out of a fear of punishment but a tshuva that is motivated out of a sincere desire to reconnect with the Ribbono Shal Olam. A tshuva that is motivated out of a sincere desire to come back. I recognize that sin has distanced myself from my Creator. I want to come back. I want to be one. I want to be close. That tshuva is so powerful that it has the ability to transform intentional averos into mitzvos. Now I asked the Maral in his Nesiva tshuva, come on. Come on, how can you make an Avera into a mitzvah? So we'll say the Maras is very profoundly, a very simple yisod. I will say sometimes, sometimes it's the Avera itself which goes ahead and pushes me to change. Sometimes I hit such a rock bottom, and it doesn't have to be rock bottom, but sometimes I realize like I've, I've fallen so far off course 
that I need to go ahead and course correct and get back on the right derech. Shemot says sometimes the greatest catalyst for change is the Avera itself. When the Avera becomes the catalyst for change, then it's Nasa Mitzvah. Then the Avera itself becomes the Mitzvah. The Avera itself becomes Mamish, it sounds strange, but becomes something positive. When the Avera leads to sin, it's something negative. But if the Avera itself becomes the catalyst for change, then what kind of change? Tshuva me'ava change? Then that Avera itself becomes a mitzvah. So I'll have to stop over here. We'll pick up right here tomorrow. Like I said, we're fine because the last daf is a, is a short daf. Let's say we continue in the Sigis of Shemir tomorrow. Shukoyach.